0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Swing and a blind drive, left field, Benintendi coming
1: on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did He got it! There we go.
0: It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High, drive!
2: He crushed it! It's a grand slam! Swing and a miss, strike it's on! The Red Sox have won the world
1: championship. Welcome to Benny and the Betts Podcast.
0: Can you believe it?
1: Here's your host, Terry Cushman.
0: Good. Evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Benny and the Bets podcast, the 151st edition covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast, as always, can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts and the link to our uh, podcast uh, can be found right above your video window. That'll take you to the Apple Podcast platform. You can uh, subscribe right from there. All of our shows are available. We are a little delayed with this podcast and I apologize for that. Red Sox yesterday wrapped up a three game set against the Los Angeles Dodgers dropping the series frustratingly two games to one. That's primarily what we will go over, even though game one with the Blue Jays is currently underway. We'll cover the entire Blue Jays series Wednesday evening. I am Terry Cushman, and I'm joined as always by Jeremy Schilling and Liz Churchville. How are you guys?
2: Pretty
1: good for a Monday I'm very rarely happy
0: <laughs> Yeah I, I'm just
1: Especially especially if you're tying my happiness to this fucking team But anyways
0: Absolutely So uh, Big series Kind of hoping to come out of the all-star break You know Guns a-blazing had several chances to win uh, the rubber match uh, last night against the Dodgers, but but blew it in several different ways. So uh, we'll get into that. Also, uh, after Heroes and Zeros, we'll discuss the kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a surprising DFA by Nunez. It was kind of on my radar. I didn't think it would happen today necessarily. Uh, and then, of course, the Andrew Kashner Acquisitions so Why don't we just get into heroes and Zeros for the Dodger series Jeremy Who's your hero
1: I mean to me it's a clear cut Choice it's got to be Erod He was the reason you won the game you won He was awesome coming out of the All-Star break which to me says a couple Of things one um, You know the moment wasn't too big And this was supposed to be the, the Launching point to hopefully what becomes A playoff push He came out um, and pitched really well, which, too, uh, the second point is he prepared during the break. He did not go, you know, and I don't know what he did with his time, and that's his business. But whatever he did, he got his work in, and he he showed up prepared to pitch and pitched really well. He improved his record to 10 and four, seven innings, pitched five hits, one run. It was earned two walks, ten strikeouts did give up the home run, the sole run the Red Sox gave up in a game that they won convincingly 8-1. to So for me, uh, one of the lone bright spots was Erod, um, and it gave me hope going into the back end of the series that we could potentially win the series, but we're going to get into the fact that that's just not what happened. So anyways, Erod I think is the biggest reason why they won the game that they won, and for me, he was a clear-cut hero.
0: Yeah, and you kind of underscored it. He always shows up for big games and, you know, first game back from the break. And I thought that was the most winnable game. I tweeted that about an hour before Erod took the mound. I just thought Maeda was potentially, you know, beatable. Not that Stripling necessarily wasn't, but he Stripling was up against sales, so that was a dicey game. And then Hunjin Ryu, best uh, starter in all of baseball, was the uh, starter on the National League um, All-Star team. So I did like the E-Rod matchup against Maeda the most, and he was electric, and... It's kind of funny because he has had a good year, and he has, for the most part, been uh, more efficient. His numbers aren't quite spectacular, but I think that's because some of his bad starts have been really bad. So, I mean, here's a hot take for you. And I, I thought about this, you know, throughout the week and I'm jumping the gun here. So much needs to happen. But if the wild card game was tomorrow, would you hate it? If Erod was your, was your starter for that game?
1: No. And I would prefer him over sale. Certainly. There's a chance that I, that's who I would go with if all things were created equal. Um, but I would certainly take him over sale. Um, I guess the idea would come down to him and Price, and to me, I I don't, you know, but yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And if Sale or Price is getting Game One of the ALDS, and they're not ready to pitch, I have no problem with it being Erod at this point. So
0: yeah, I mean, in a do or die game, it's not Porcello,
1: and we don't have a fifth starter unless Cashner emerges. Now that we've traded for him, we're going to talk to that, talk about that in a second. But I mean, I don't know that there's too many rational. Red Sox fans out there that would say that he's wouldn't be one of the two best options for that game.
0: I would say so, Liz. Any thoughts on uh, Erod? rod
2: uh, I mean, you guys, you guys cover it as you always pretty much do. But as far as like him being the first starter, and like let's say you do make it to the one game wild card, or you know something like that. I mean, at this point, really. Would he be any bigger risk than any than anybody else? And uh, you know, with his track record, like like Terry was saying, it's not as if he sucks uh, consistently. It's just that when he does suck, he sucks really bad. So that skews the numbers uh, heavily. But uh, but no, I agree. He he did awesome. He he definitely was the reason why uh, you know why you guys held off you know the Dodgers uh, in this game. And uh, couldn't agree more.
0: Just a couple of key starts here to underscore that. Not that we should really be talking about wildcard right now, but uh, on, let's see, June 30th against the Yankees, uh, Erod went five and a third, only four hits, two earned runs, and then there was one other start earlier in the year, May 26th against Houston, six innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, so... You know the it, he just shows up when when you absolutely need him to in a big game, and it's crazy that others aren't necessarily doing that this year, but i I like him and And the one thing I'll, I'll say before we move on, he's he's been healthy. I almost half expected him to be on the DL for at least two or three weeks for something right now. He's at one hundred and nine point two innings pitched. And his career high is one thirty seven. So, knock on wood, which I'm literally doing right now, <laughs> so I don't jinx him. But he's he's been he's improved in a lot of different areas despite his four and a half ERA. Uh, if there's no more thoughts on Erod uh, Liz, you can go ahead with your hero.
2: All right, uh, my hero is pretty pretty obvious, I guess. I mean, I, I tend to go with hitters. I, I'm going with Bogarts this time. I mean, he's he's a clear-cut, awesome player. No no surprises there. He had 12 at-bats, four runs, six hits, six RBIs. He had a home run in each game. I mean, he's awesome. There's really not much more to say about it. And I really think uh, he better be in the talks for getting a gold glove this year because he's just been epic. And uh, I really feel like people... People outside of the Red Sox fan base like just don't see him as one of the best shortstops in the AL, but he definitely is, and uh, he proved it this series. As if he needed to prove it to us, because obviously we know he's awesome, we've talked about him multiple times, but...
0: Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the stats for the lineup were pretty pedestrian this series. You know, a lot of guys did, you know, just enough to not be terrible. But Bogarts was six out of 13, hit a home run in all three games and uh, drove in six. So, um, very much the player, you know, we've been talking about all season long and, um, I don't know I mean is he the best And Jeremy maybe this one Could be for you is he the best shortstop In Major League Baseball right now I mean he's Got to be in the conversation
1: I mean he's in the Conversation the only thing that I think holds him Back is his overall range Um, So I, I don't Think he's the top shortstop I I'm personally a huge fan of Francisco Lindor um, and, but I do think he's top five and I, I, I don't know that I was prepared for like a top five debate, right? The second. Um, so I, I will say that he's top five. He makes the plays at him. He's getting a little bit better at balls to his right. Um, he's always been, I think above average on balls to his left, but he's, he's super consistent and he's hitting for power and he's doing all the right things. And I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge Xander fan. I, I, I've, I've said that a number of times. I love the fact that he cut Boris out of the bullshit and got signed right away. And, um, you know, I mean, I just can't say enough th- nice things about the player. And he continues to do what they're paying him to do, which is be a top five shortstop. So, I don't think there's any debate there.
0: He's uh I got some stats up in front of me and I'm I'm only pulling them up right now. He uh does lead Major League Baseball presently with 71 RBIs. Uh next in in line would be Javi Baez with 63. So comfortable lead there. He's third overall in home runs. And I do agree that in the long run, Francisco Lindor probably and and definitely will be the better uh, shortstop. His numbers aren't, you know, you know, aren't super high right now because he did spend uh, the the bulk of the spring on the disabled list. But nonetheless, a, a career year for Bogarts, who by the way has a slash line of three hundred one, three eighty nine, and uh, five fifty nine slugging with a, a nine forty eight uh, OPS. So. Can't say enough about the guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Carlos Correa um, is a great player. Um, Xander certainly up there. Uh, I mean, Lee Lindor, Javi Baez. Baez is awesome. He is so good defensively. There's literally YouTube videos of him just tagging people out at second. That it's like it's an electric factory. That guy is is honestly awesome. So I would put him probably fourth behind those three that I mentioned. Um, and and you can't convince me that he's maybe not number two or three. But you know those guys are, you know they're they're more traditional shortstops in the sense that they can get the balls that most other shortstops can't in the most important defensive position. But I mean look Xander's there. I mean he's in the conversation and that's that's saying a lot and we haven't had that uh, Basically since probably Nomar. so You know, he's not the problem No, <laughs> he is just not the problem. And- so I love the guy. I love the player. I've said it a hundred times Love his personality love the way he you know, just carries himself he's very educated speaks multiple languages has done interviews where he comes in and out of the various languages he can speak depending on who's asking him questions no one ever says anything negative about him in the clubhouse his teammates seem. i mean you just keep going on and on the guy's awesome and he continues to be who they're paying him to be and you you know after these big contracts are signed it's so easy to say well they're not worth the money well right now xander's worth the money so um you know like i said a hundred different times uh I just can't say enough positive things about
0: him. Yeah, and Correa, by the way, not having a great season due to his durability, just got added to the 60-day DL because of a strange incident with his masseuse, who I think cracked a rib or something like that. Do we believe the official record?
1: Can I chime in here?
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. No, <laughs>
1: but that doesn't make him a. That does. I mean, look, you, you can say what you want. And there's been some weird, and you know, uh, who was Sammy Sosa went on the DL for trying to iron a shirt that was still on his body. <laughs>
0: uh, I didn't know who that.
1: is the guy. Was it Wade Boggs who sneezed and threw? Out, no, no, no. That was Conseco <laughs> sneezed and threw out his back. Um, Baumgardner on the jet, uh, not the jet ski, the snowmobile. Um, there's been some weird injuries. If, if you Google it, it's a rabbit hole that can be very entertaining. But, um, I, I'm, when I say Correa, I, I mean, look, you know, when, Lind, had his injuries, he just came off the disabled list himself. So, um, you know, his numbers aren't where they're supposed to be, but you know, if all things are created equal, who are the top five shortstops? I think those are the top four or five. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want Correa over Bogarts cause Bogarts is our guy and, you know, I'm not willing to give up our guy over maybe one spot in the rankings. I just say, you know, he's a guy that you would consider if you were starting a team and you say, who's you know, top five short stops in order. He's going to be in the conversation. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, his, masseuse, his masseuse broke a rib. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. What, sure. what do you think about that list?
2: Uh, I actually hadn't seen that I, I, <laughs> I had not seen that at all oh. but uh, I love when it's when it's like well he wasn't struggling though like what would be their reasoning behind like lying about an injury like that though like usually when you see those phantom injuries, the player is like starting on a I don't want to say downward spiral that's that, that makes it sound like they're uh, like they need to go to rehab or something like that but they're, they're starting to struggle and it's like the team doesn't know what to do with them. And they they don't want to you know they don't want to just drop them and they don't want to just have them sit on the bench so what are they gonna do they're gonna make up some random stupid injury that's really difficult to prove or whatever and then you know just put them on the DL for a little while and hope that when they bring him back they're they're good what's their reasoning for doing this with Correa, do you think if if that's not what happened you know if or if he or do you think that he really did break a rib and it wasn't the masseuse like like what's the, oh, he, the thought behind not believing that
1: he broke a rib, and I will leave my theory off the podcast.
2: <laughs> well, I'll just say this.
0: I, If he's going with a masseuse theory, like not many things could be weirder than that. So I doubt that's something that the team elected to go with. I think maybe Correa did something. It was embarrassing. Maybe he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. I mean, Tom oh. Brady was jumping off of, like, the tops of waterfalls and it, you know, for a day or two, everybody was, you know, in hysteria that he would do something like that. So maybe it was just something that Correa was doing irresponsibly and that's what he came up with. And do you have a specific
1: theory, Terry?
0: Um, I don't, but I'd be curious to know what yours is regardless of uh, how suitable or unsuitable it is.
1: I'm not sharing my theory.
0: <laughs> okay, but bo- bottom line is far. Let's keep
1: this about baseball theory for Christ's sake. <laughs>
0: okay, I just, I just think that's a secret that only Correa knows, and I'll leave it at that. My, my hero uh, for the series is uh, Josh Taylor, who has quietly been an unsung hero for quite a while in the Red Sox bullpen. He uh appeared uh twice in the in the Dodgers series, pitched a full inning in both appearances, only one strikeout uh, you know, within the uh within those two appearances, but each time he only faced three batters, retired them all. He's apparently a very good lefty. I mean he's emerging as as a very formidable reliever and He's only given up two earned runs, which were back-to-back, actually, in the Yankees series, um, June 29th and 30th, and those are the only earned runs he's given up uh, in the last month. His K-9 through rate is 12.10. It was a little bit higher than that, but nonetheless, continues to be a guy that Cora can go to in uh, a multitude of situations and... I think, I, I don't know, maybe a month from now, we're looking at a guy who's regularly in high-leverage situations. I
1: don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, I, I think his stuff is good. I like his fastball. If he can locate, I think he can be really effective. Um, plus fastball, something that... That's just not out there from the left hand side. I don't think there's any organizational depth with it either. So, I like the player. Um, I mean, he's got some growing up to do, but after these two outings, his ERA is now down to three point seven two, and he's you know he's getting the guys out, and that's all you can ask for. Um, you know, they're doing their best to put him in low re- low leverage situations. Uh, he came in for Price uh, in the six with a clean inning, had a clean inning last night um and then he came in for erod um uh with a clean eighth inning and had a clean inning with a strikeout so i mean you know if that guy can be a little bit more consistent um he i think he has the stuff to pitch later innings
0: so and i you know, was a little surprised though that he didn't come out uh, for a second inning where it was a relatively brief appearance for Price. I mean, the bullpen held their own for quite a while, but he has gone uh, two innings a handful of times so far. So little surprise there, you know, especially with a lefty heavy lineup that the Dodgers seem to trot out. But, but nonetheless, you know, considering we got him in the Marrero trade, which you would expect to be no more than a bag of baseballs, I think the Red Sox did pretty well there.
2: I mean do you, do you feel like you've seen him enough times to think that he might be the high leverage guy? I know we've talked you know a couple times about a few different people. you know they've come in, they've done really well they maybe they came in you know during a little bit more higher leverage thing they did they did find that one outing and then you know they've struggled you know after that. You think you've seen enough to feel like that might be his role?
0: Not really, but it, it's just the way that he's trending, and uh, you know I'm becoming increasingly comfortable. He had a rough first five starts actually, and that's why his ERA uh, has only recently dropped below four. But he gave up an earned run against Cleveland in his debut. Two starts later, gave up another one to Kansas City, and then by far the worst start, uh, or appearance, I should say, was against your Rays, Liz, where he was tagged for four runs uh, in, in one inning and uh, gave up faced nine batters in that inning, gave up six hits. So I'm not sure why he was kind of hung out to dry there by the looks of it, but the, with that one appearance, that's why his uh, stats aren't, uh, you know, shinier than they are, but I do... I do see Taylor, you know, as a guy who's more than a situational guy. You know, you'd think where he's a lefty, he's going to face primarily lefties. But in a pinch, you know, if Barnes or Workman aren't available, I would probably throw Taylor in that situation. And, uh, you know, even if it was against righties, so... You know, every now and then someone comes out of nowhere. Koji did it, you know, not too long ago. And we won't see that with Taylor. But, um, you know, given the struggles of all the other guys, it's just nice to see. Uh, Jeremy, if you have no more uh, thoughts, you can go ahead with your zero.
1: Velasquez, um, I defended Velasquez early in the year. I called him like the Swiss Army knife of the team and gave him credit for pitching in situations um, where it basically just wasn't fair to him. Um, He, you know, and I don't take any of that back, but he just stopped getting people out. Um, And now he's been designated for assignment, rightfully so. Um, And he never had great...
0: He was just optioned, I think. That's
1: all. Yeah, I'm sorry, option. He's back in Pawtucket. He's still in the organization. So, yeah, that's a misspeak. That's
0: okay. Um,
1: So five and a half VRA. It's just not good enough. Right. And you can't give up a, a, a bullpen spot when this team is just lacking in people that can get big outs. Um, he's not capable of it. He's not a strikeout guy. So his role is limited. And then if he's, if, 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 you know, because the ball's going to get put in play against Velasquez, he's a soft contact guy when he's at his best. And he, um, you know, he's just not getting people out. He, he, He pitched in all three games in the Dodgers series So i'm going to tell you right now that it's not necessarily fair that he got put in that spot, but you know if you tell the team that you can pitch we talked about this with barnes and his back-to-back problems where he just Isn't good in the second game uh, You know pitching uh, two days in a row Well, if you tell the team that you're available, you got to be able to get the outs and and and, in velasquez's case he's not getting the outs, So He goes out friday uh, Gets a one two three inning with a strikeout then he pitches again uh, on um, on Saturday, one inning, two hits, a run. It was earned. Uh, just and it was it was a home run. So it was a hard contact ball. I know the game was over and you know they were already down nine two at the time, but it's still it, it, you got to get people out and he didn't do it. And then he got put in in extra innings uh, last night. Um, And took the loss with, uh, you know, three runs, uh, one earned, two base on balls, which you just can't have if you're not a strikeout guy. Um, So his ERA is now up to almost uh, six. It's 5.67, and he's going to have to figure some stuff out in Pawtucket and try to get himself back to the big league level in some capacity. But they had no, no, no thought of putting him in the five spot. They never stretched him out to be a starter, and they went and got Kashner. Um, I, He doesn't have a spa. he can't get people out He just can't and all the nice Things I've said about him are great but you know at the end Of the day you got to get people out and he's not so um, He's my zero and he's Not going to be here now
0: yeah and at least it, For a while it, it could be a while You know if if Valdi has no Setbacks he's I think going to have His first rehab start they said on Wednesday or Thursday I don't think they uh, Gave an exact day but It'll be one of those two so, you know, that's just going to force another reliever out and I would expect Darwin's and Hernandez will probably be up in the next uh week or two. Um so just uh, you know, another situation where we're not going to see him, but um but yeah, not not good enough and the the walks are especially aggravating and and You know and it was frustrating to watch Nobody really get up You know to come in you know It was just a ride or die situation And I think the Red Sox blew Some opportunities last night Anyway you know before it got to him But he certainly uh, Didn't give us a chance to To win there in the late stages Uh, Any Thoughts Liz and uh, if not You can just Uh go ahead with yours
2: Oh, no. No no, no thoughts for me. Um, my, my zero, uh, I mean, the whole back end, uh, again, I'm going with batting. <laughs> uh, the whole back end of the lineup really wasn't doing very much in this whole series. But um, I guess if I had to settle on one, I, I have to go with JBJ. And uh, kind of the kind of the reason for that is is almost everybody else you saw you see Cora kind of moving around and not not having in or you know pulling and having somebody pinch hit for him doesn't so much happen uh, with JBJ so he tends to get more at bats even when he's struggling um, uh, what, what were his numbers He had 12 at bats only one run two hits, no RBIs three walks uh and four strikeouts I mean extremely underwhelming I know I know we've we've talked about him multiple times I don't know you know what his role you know is going to be at the back of that lineup it it seems like he he hits for contact or he he makes contact a lot but he tends to keep him in the air and he gets out um you know I don't know if he needs to start focusing on you know keeping him on the ground or at least for god's sake getting on base like learning to work those pitch counts and just getting on first so maybe somebody else can move around the field I, I i don't know i don't know what's going on with him i know you know we have criticized him a lot but uh he certainly you know wasn't doing anything to help the situation during this series so uh jbj definitely
0: jeremy
1: yeah, I mean, he was two for ten. He had six runners left on base, um, and the little mini hot streak he was on before the all-star break is basically over now. You know, I don't really feel the need to ether him just because I've done so much of that. I just have no use for the player, especially at $10 million a year, which is like just makes me nauseous. Um, he's just He is a good defensive player, but it just does not overcome his offense when he's only getting you two hits in a series against, you know, the best team in the NL. So, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with this team. You know, we've talked about Xander not being one of them, while JBJ is definitely one of the problems, and that continues to be the case. And, I you know, he's a zero. He's been a zero all year.
0: Well, I mean, he was so. phenomenal for five weeks, and not that that, you know, he hasn't done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the you know, one of the more productive players throughout the month of June. But um that being said, that usually comes to a screeching halt. Since the Red Sox have come back from London, he is seven out of his last forty. And that equates to a one seventy five uh batting average. And um Just looking at the... There is uh, zero home runs in that stretch. And he's actually only driven in three runs uh, as well since getting back from London. So that's, let's see, nine games. And, uh, you know, it's too early to say that he's definitely cooled off. That he's definitely going into a slump. But it's trending that way. And that's what usually happens. And I'm just wondering, like, should the Red Sox try to move him? We don't. I know Ben and scuffling, so you know some issues there. Um, I, I just don't know that we have the depth to trade him. But do you dangle him and and, and try to get something?
2: I mean, why why wouldn't you?
1: Well, because who's going to take who's going to take the spot in the lineup? So theoretically you'd say, okay, well, probably Ben Benintendi moves to center and J.D. to left, and you DH, you know, Pierce comes back, Moreland, Chavis is a candidate, obviously, Holt if you're going to go with uh, Marco at second. But I don't think that makes you better this year. Um, I'd like to see this be taken care of in the offseason with, with a center fielder. Uh, because as good as Ben Benintendi is, he's not, you know, he's – he does give up a lot defensively when JBJ is not in there. They've already committed to the player and his value, his $10 million price tag. So, I mean, at this point, I just don't know that it makes you better, and you've already paid the majority of JBJ's contract. So, And then the other the other side of that is what what are you going to get in return? I mean, he's on an expiring deal. I mean, he's Cashner, who's got nine wins on the season, just got traded for two bag of balls. What's JBJ worth at, you know? Well, I mean, prop- I just don't see it. And what team is so starved for a center fielder that they maybe would overpay and entice you to trade him? I just don't see it.
0: Well, you you, you know that's logical, but I mean, the Dodgers offered Yasiel Puig straight up uh, two off. Terry, you keep ago. saying
1: that that was like three or four years ago.
0: That that was, and that, a lot
1: has changed since then. You're
0: exaggerating. That was the winner before last, and. Who who thought who thought that that was an equal trade? I mean, there were tons of Red Sox fans that were like, "Oh my God, we should have traded for Puig." We were offered Edwin Encarnacion, and I'm like, "Why? Why would they want to offer up these guys?" So it just depends, you know. Teams value different things, and I don't know. And it, one upside to it you might not get a whole lot in return, but you're freeing up almost $8 million and maybe that sets up something else before the deadline. So I don't know there, there could be many moving parts to it. And I just did underline that we did get Josh Taylor for Devin Marrero. So, you know, value can be fine found in a bunch of different ways.
2: Yeah, and maybe some other team, you know, they see him and they see whatever, you know, that the Red Sox can't get out of him what they think he can produce. And he could go somewhere and kick ass. That would be the weird thing, wouldn't it, if he, you know, just changed organizations and settled in and, you know, whatever. That happens all the time. That, that's how that's how the Rays get players. Like, it's so funny, you know, they, they pick up very, very mediocre Players most of the time, and then somehow, like coaching or the organization, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but they have a knack of doing that. And you know, I'm not saying they would take JBJ, of course. You know, we wouldn't do that, but, uh, but I mean, another team, you know, couldn't do that very thing with them. Who knows? It's always interesting to see a player evolve. Uh, either you know when they suck, and then you know go to another team and do well, uh, but also you know when they're doing well, you know with whatever team. Then they get traded, you know, because they're at the end of their deal, and then they go to another team, and they're horrible. Or they get signed in free agency, and uh, they aren't near the player that they were, you know, for their original organization.
0: Right. Yeah. So I I don't know, but I, I'm pretty open minded uh, as far as what happens there. Sam Travis has taken some reps in in left field, and and and. Had a few appearances there, so definitely nowhere near as good as Bradley would be, even in a shorter left field. But if you don't want Martinez out there, that's a that's a short term option that that you could do as well. And he was just called up, so um, you know. So I, I don't know. Uh, we'll get into you know why that might be in uh, just a few minutes. But to wrap up this segment, we we actually might spend a minute on this. My uh, zero is Chris Sale. Again, I don't know if I picked him in the last show or the one before that, but um, continues to be terrible. His his fifth straight non-quality start, and then in his last four starts, a 7.59 ERA. Another thing I love to bring up The cliff that he typically falls off of, you know, usually around August 1st, you know, he fell off of it mid-July last year, and he hasn't been good since the end of June. So, was that the cliff this year, the end of June? We have never seen him in his career bounce back, you know, and, and be consistently good once he goes on a skid like this. So, is that what we're looking at?
1: It's possible. I mean, he sucks. I personally blame Leone. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, I mean, he sucks. He's not good. And the, the the difference is that he hasn't really been good except for a pocket of, like, five starts six weeks ago. Um, so it could be the Cliff. It, it, you know, the Cliff could be coming on his career. I, I really don't know. I mean, his... There's no explanation for it. There really isn't. I I, I mean, I theorize he's injured in some way, but no one's making any excuses. And so you just don't know. But I mean, he just he's not right. He's not good. Um, he's getting, he's getting paid a shitload of money to really just be a, a fifth starter and he's not even a good fifth starter. So, I mean, it's a problem. Um, you know, and he owns it, which I do respect. He said, "I've I think his quote was something, and I'm paraphrasing to the extent of I'm a liability every time I go out there." No shit, everyone knows that. Uh, credit to him for admitting that. But at the end of the day, look, you know, this team. One of the when this season ends, the, the story that's going to be written is going to start with with you know, introduction and then paragraph two. Chris Sales sucked, and you couldn't overcome it. Uh, last night on the podcast. They said that he's like 0 and 13 at home. I mean your ace can't be 0 and 13 at home. I mean that is unbelievable. Or I don't know if he's 0-13 he's not 0-13. The team is. You know, or some ridiculous I mean it just doesn't make any sense.
0: He doesn't have and you wonder, home, he doesn't have a home win since last July. So it,
1: Yeah, it's been over a calendar year. So look, I mean look, you can't get where you gotta get and say and have Sale continue to be who he is. So, and that's one of my big concerns, and that's why I, you know, I predicted this Dodgers series would either be a sweeper or a two out of three for the Dodgers. I was dead on right, credit to me. And I mean, look, part of it is Chris Sale, who has to be your guy who you can count on to win every fifth day, is the exact opposite. He is a loss every fifth day. It's impossible to overcome that. It just is. So, it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Andrew Kashner is going to relieve some of the pressure on the starting rotation, I hope. So we'll see.
0: Is there a possibility? Like, his velocity's been up, so it's hard for me to lean towards maybe he's injured, but could it simply just be a stamina issue at this point?
1: No. They've babied the shit out of him. I mean he has not pitched the same amount he just hasn't and they've done that on purpose. They've protected the sh- they've protected him. I mean look, what, he, so he's thrown 111 innings. So I mean not to say that he isn't pitching. He is, but I mean they're protecting him. And they you know except for the Kansas City start which for whatever reason that was the last good start he had by the way where they 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 were up 8-1 or 8-nothing and they sent him out there uh, to uh, to for the complete game. You know, I really don't know what to say about it. It's kind of funny because he's three and nine with a four point two seven ERA, but he's still a one point five WAR. So there's some advanced statistics out there that he's still a, a productive player. I mean, obviously he's, you need to be a three or four WAR if you're getting paid one hundred fifty million dollars, and he's not that.
0: He's second in the league in strikeouts, so maybe that's why uh, he's got a game and a half WAR. Well. <laughs>
1: That that and when he was good for those five or six starts in a row, he was he was lights out. I mean, he had a seventeen, what it maybe fourteen strikeouts. I mean, he was unhittable for like five or six. He was unhittable for a, an entire month, basically. Yeah,
0: that was. A, um, a span and it, where if you take that
1: to... month out, I'd be I'd probably be pretty scared to see whatever those <laughs> st- statistics are without that one month. But anyways,
2: right. I, I mean, does the team have any other option aside from, I mean, I don't really understand the ins and outs of exactly what they can and can't do with someone like Sale, Um, as far as his contract and all that kind of stuff, I I don't know, but, I mean, aside from just letting him continue down this path, uh, you know, do they have any options? Do we think there should be a a phantom injury to give him some time? Like, is that even going to matter? Like, you know, what, what can they do? other than just let him keep doing what he's doing. Well, that's
0: about it, really. You can give him a phantom injury. You can give him rehab starts. I think they can say that there was a setback or whatever, and that could potentially reset the clock on his rehab starts. But you you can only be allowed so many, and that's really it. (laughs) That's really it. And we're looking – we could be looking at – this could be if if you start the contract from opening day this year going forward, this could be worse than the Dice K contract. How, how does that sound
1: like a bit much right now?
2: <laughs> it's gross, man. But I mean. Do you, do you think maybe they're just waiting for Ivaldi to come back and then maybe something like that will happen?
1: No, I mean? Valdi. for those that don't know, Valdi spoke before the game tonight, um, and he said that the team approached him about when he wanted to start pitching, and basically he was ready to pitch right away. So they figured he, he threw a simulated game today, 25, any, uh, 25 pitches. He faced Moreland and Pierce live at Fenway um walked to one of them i think got a base hit um said the ball came out of his hand real well and then and then they talked about the idea of you know what's your role going to be by the time the season ends and he said we haven't ruled out starting but that would take another month and i want to help the team now so the idea of him being um ready to start games and have this stamina built to get to five, you know, get to hundred pitches. Uh, it's it's not going to happen. He admitted today as he's, he, that would take him an additional month. So, um, you know, here, here's the problem. Whatever you think you want to do with rest and all that, that, that ship has sailed. The all-star game has come and gone. Um, you don't have the luxury of being able to skip starts at this point. It's do or die. Every time you got to win games and you got multiple teams ahead of you in the wild card. you're not, you're out of it in the AL East um so you know he's got a pitch and if he's you know if he's not getting outs in a month and he's hurt then they got a da. they they got to put him on the dl and and put somebody that's at least healthy in there and give you a chance you know so i really don't know what to say about it but it's not gonna be avaldi avaldi's gonna be the closer
0: yeah, and, I mean, you talk about a month from now when he could potentially start if they were going to go that route. Where are we even going to be anyway? So, you know, it's just it's not a good situation. Well, you also,
1: you just got Kashner. So you're rolling with Sale, Price, Erod, Porcello, and Kashner. That's your five. Those are five big league arms with track record. That's your five. There's no reason to even worry about it at this point. The only way Valdi even gets in that spot is, one – He's pitching and how you stretch a guy out is gonna be your closer. I don't know. You you have to either uh stretch you have to stretch him out in, in Pawtucket, and they're not gonna do that. So how's he gonna get stretched out and be ready to start if he's gonna be the closer? It's just not gonna happen. And then you make the move for Kashner. The starting five, absent injury or sale continuing to blow and they phantom injury him, that's your five. So now at this point, you know, you gotta hope they go get another bullpen arm and, and Evaldi solidifies the back end. Now, with all that said, I mean I don't know who's available. We're not going to get a top end guy. We don't have the we don't have the prospects for it. So, you know, there's a decent enough chance that we roll with what we got right now. And they made you know they DFA'd Nunez today, so you know they've chosen Marco over him. Uh, Holt's going to be there. Chavis, I think, is going to be your first baseman until further notice. And at some point, you just got to start winning these games. So
0: and uh, yeah, and uh, Ryan Weber's back. That's exciting. Kidding.
1: <laughs> uh, what's the next topic, Terry? Uh,
0: yeah. Well, why <laughs> how is- about
1: how about the fact that I had money on the Rays today and they they fell down on an Encarnacion home run, and then the uh, they Arnold come back and hit a uh, yeah, three run I don't
2: know,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. A three run jack to to give him the lead in the top of the ninth, and they uh, off of Chapman and they came back and closed it. So
0: nice,
1: yeah. uh, nice win for. Uh, Nice win for Liz because both her teams won tonight, and uh, and then uh, you know, <laughs> I, won little, I won a little money.
0: There you go.
1: Actually, I haven't looked up at the Pirates. She might have went three for three tonight. We don't know, but that oh, was two for one.
2: Probably not. I'll check it right now, but probably not. I've been. I was flipping around after the Sox game was over on my MLB TV, and I'm like, should I turn on the Pirates? Eh, it's probably depressing. So I just I have on. I don't even know what game is on right now, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. all right, So let's. They were underwhelming uh, this weekend. <laughs> big act. Well, I called a big acquisition. Uh, the first significant transaction in the uh, you know during the season for the Red Sox. Andrew Kashner acquired from the Baltimore Orioles for a uh, package of two year seventeen-year-old prospects currently playing ball in the. Dominican league so not even as far as low a yet that's how far away they are and the uh, Orioles will pick up 3.6 million of um, of salary for this season on Kashner so what do what you guys think? We did we did a show the the most recent show actually on who they could potentially acquire. We all did. Um, well, actually, I don't. I can't remember who your first choice was, Liz. But Jeremy and I both our first choices were um, Zach Wheeler. Kashner for me was a close second. Was he your first pick, Liz? Do you remember?
2: No, no, he was he was my second pick. Uh, I picked Strowman as my first. You know, even oh, though yeah. uh, as we discussed, there probably wasn't going to be assets available. You know, to get him and uh, and everything, but Kashner was my was my number two.
0: Okay, and uh, so that being said, uh, do you want to lead off, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, I'm not a Cashner guy. Um, I liked him over everyone but duffy so the five we were, we discussed were zach wheeler uh cashner madison bumgardner marcus stroman and then danny duffy uh danny duffy being with kansas city for those that don't recognize the name um i went well madison bumgardner i don't think is who he is from years ago but i went i think i went wheeler stroman Bumgardner, Kashner, Duffy, with Kashner and Duffy being a distant second tier. Now, with that said, I, I and I said this on the podcast, if you get him for nothing, I don't have a problem with Kashner, and that's what happens. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, we didn't have to give up the, the guys that we've talked about on this podcast over and over again, whether it be Chavis, who's at the big league level, or Dahlbeck, or... Chatham or you know Graham and you know all these guys again we've talked about so the fact that they gave up you know two basically total unknowns I don't have a problem with that Um, And he has been good on a really bad team now We'll see, you know, so we're out on the balance of those guys There's no reason for another starter unless they're gonna move on from Porcello, which I don't think they're gonna do so the next the next uh uh Heart is probably a bullpen arm If they even if they even decide to do that And you know this is what we're Going to see you know and then Today was the second step DFA Nunez And committing to Marco Hernandez and, and Holt at second base
0: I, I like the cashner Trade and um, You know it, it Was an interdivision trade and You're starting to see that more and more Now so Um, short of the Red Sox and the Yankees doing business. I mean, that'll never happen. But um, we are starting to see it with the uh, lesser uh, rivals. And, I mean, if Sale and Price were were healthy, we haven't really talked about Price, but he seems to have an issue with efficiency here. So that leaves – I'm starting to question, you know, what are we getting out of him now, you know, every start. He was up to 70-something pitches in the fourth inning, and then, of course, Sale, you know, not great in his last five starts. So it's hard to get really excited over a guy who's having one of the better years of his career. Uh, Kashner has a three eighty three. ERA has very good numbers this year against the American League East. He was the opening day starter against the Yankees got tagged for six runs but in all notable starts after that against uh, possible playoff teams he's not given up more than a few earned runs and he credits that to a better changeup, and you know and it, he's, he's having a good year so I would, I think this potentially, as far as the regular season goes, not the playoffs, but the regular season, I think he's probably going to have better numbers than what Evolde gave you last year, who had a number of issues in basically all of his starts that weren't the Yankees or the Twins. So, um, I like the move. He's certainly better than Velasquez, as we covered. Stephen Wright might have pitched his last game for the Red Sox, for all we know. Um, you know, Ryan Weber, all, all these guys that have gotten a chance. Brian Johnson, even. You know, he's a major upgrade over all these guys, and you have a much better chance to win every fifth game with Kashner out there. And it's nice to know that there's a good chance the bullpen isn't going to be coming in in the third or fourth inning because the opener, you know, got, you know, mopped around. And, you know, so I like it. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I really feel like it was a safe choice, you know, for them. I mean, they know he's he's been in the AL now, you know, for for a couple seasons. He's settled in, you know. He knows the division. Um, I mean, like I said, I I picked him as my number two, you know, probably for that reason. He'll absorb those innings, you know. Keep keep the bullpen out of it, you know. Give them you know the rest that they need, um, you know. And I think he'll just he'll he'll fill he'll fill the gap that that they need him to fill right now, and for for little to be lost
0: in that trade so yeah and he does have a vesting option next year for 10 million which isn't you know a big deal especially if Porcello uh, might not come back but he would have to have 15 more starts with an average of six innings per start so I think for let's see you know 10 weeks that's Um, That's a pretty tall order So we'll we'll see if it happens But if it does I mean not the end of the world
1: So uh, The other move then is Nunez Terry uh, Let's start with you Uh, What do you think uh, about the timing And the decision to DFA uh, Nunez
0: Well we just got too many bodies for you know throughout the infield and uh, a lot of them are you know Holt can play anywhere um you know Chavis primarily first but has played some second and you know Xander and Devers certainly aren't going anywhere and Marco Hernandez is up and if Moreland comes back and he's currently rehabbing. So that could happen literally any day now. And and I don't know if Pierce will make it back or not due to a a recent injury on top of his uh, previous one. Um, There's just, we can't keep everybody. So, um, you know, I I had a love and hate relationship with Nunez. He had some nice uh, clutch plate appearances, you know, one in the world series, and um terrible base running on the other hand you know for the for the hate part of that relationship but um at the end of the day not having a great year not hitting for terrible average but his obp is well below three and doesn't draw a lot of walks and hard to justify keeping him at this point i i that was kind of on my radar. I can't remember if I talked about it on the recent show. I, I figured it would be more timed when, when Moreland uh, came back. But, um, but it happened today, and Sam Travis will uh, come back up, and uh, Weber uh, as well, which I think has coincided with uh, Velazquez anyway. But um, not too surprised on Nunez.
1: I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, just like I wasn't expecting it today, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a, you know. But his numbers weren't good enough. Um, And then Holt is offensively clearly, I think, the best option, and then Marco Hernandez has come back and been good. So it just seemed to me that Nunez was a redundancy that you just didn't need to have at his production. So, uh, you know. Thanks for the home run against the Yankees. You know, thanks for getting them into the playoffs. Uh, you know, t- uh, three years ago when you were acquired from the Giants, a really likable guy, loved by his teammates. Um, but you know, production speaks, and he wasn't producing, so here we are. He's gone, and it's just not surprising at the end of the day.
0: My my favorite Nunez moment. I think he I. He got hit by a pitch, and I can't remember where it hit him, but it wasn't in a good spot, let's say. I don't know if it was the, you know, the the private area, but he, he immediately fell to the ground and started yelling in Spanish, oh, my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And Cora, rather than running to the plate to tend to his player, just stood in the dugout laughing, because <laughs> you know, of course, he's not going to die. And uh, you know, he was a good clubhouse guy, and uh, by all accounts, not very uh, selfish either. And um, you know, so there, there may be a loss felt by the team in, in that aspect, but the performance wasn't there. Uh, Liz, any any thoughts?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, I I guess I was kind of surprised, uh, not surprised that they let him go because of his performance, but, but more like you guys were saying the, the timing. I mean, I don't know, you know, if they would have had to make that decision. I mean, why not now, I guess is the question. But, uh, if there's any, if there's any rules around, you know, having to do that, you know, before the trade deadline or when you're DFAing somebody, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm not sure the ins and outs of that, but, um, but with guys coming back, I mean, decisions have to be made. And even if you're good in the clubhouse, if you're not performing, I mean, they got to do something. So.
0: Yeah, I'm just seeing uh, right now uh, Chris Taylor uh, fractured his forearm. I wonder if that must have come from last night in that hit-by-pitch. Uh, yeah, and uh, getting back to uh, Nunez, though, um, he's probably going to be a Ray in a week or two.
2: We don't need him. Why? Why the hell would we need him? We actually, everybody's talking about what's going to happen when uh, when Matt Duffy and Daniel Robertson come back. I mean, we've we've put together a nice little squad again, and uh, I hate to see any of them go. I really hate to see any of them get sent down. All of them deserve to be there, but uh, it's just same same thing. Tough decisions, even when everybody's good. You know, I mean, maybe they'll. And Robertson died. I don't know. It'll it will be interesting when those two guys come back. But uh, to touch back on the uh, Pirates, Jeremy, uh, they're getting stomped by the uh, Cardinals right now. I think it's 7 two, nothing.
1: 2-1 two, 2 and one on favorite teams, not a bad night for you, Liz.
2: <laughs> no, not too bad. That, uh, that raise win was nice. One of my uh, Twitter friends from the UK is in New York right now, and he was at that game. So I'm glad he got to see a win.
0: Uh, Red risk, Sox yeah. Played tonight Against the Blue Jays 10-8 uh, to 8 is the final So uh, they gave up Four more runs Since the start of the podcast uh, Porcello did not look good But um, Got a win nonetheless Yankees lose so uh, You know we get back um, To I think 10 uh, Out of the division lead But uh, I'm pulling up the uh, probables for, oh, crap. I pulled up the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, Yeah, but we got two more games left in the series. Let's see. So we know Kashner is tomorrow, so that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Do we know what number he has? I, I haven't even looked. I get into those things. I don't know.
2: Okay. Uh, somebody, somebody said, and I don't know what number this is, but you guys may know that he has Sandoval's number. Oh,
0: 48. Maybe. Yeah. That's the number. Uh, you took. I thought it'd be in the 50s. Yeah, he's
1: listed on the website as 48.
0: Yeah. Oh, that, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> that's that might not work out Jesus. good at all. That's what I'm blaming it on. That's my
1: cop out. Well, here that. we go. Here we go. What <laughs> next level breakdown on Benny and the Beth podcast? Terry <laughs> doesn't like it because he has the same fucking number as Pablo Sandoval. Who,
0: who would all like right. that? Who would like that? That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely next level analysis. You know, yeah. we're gonna lose tomorrow because he has uh, Pablo Sandoval's number.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, well, the Blue Jays have a TBD and they suck absolute ball. So I'm gonna say Kashner pitches well in his in his debut for the Sox and they win tomorrow. I'm gonna also go out on a limb and say they're gonna win uh on Monday night ten to eight. Um, and then, <laughs> ten to eight. That's
0: and good. then I like
1: I like the E Rod matchup. Uh Sanchez sucks. He sucked all year. He's three and thirteen with a six two ERA. The guy's terrible. They and the Red Sox have hit him. I mean, and Erod, and I've already talked about his start in the Dodgers series. I really like that. Here's where I think it gets interesting. Christopher Sale against the TBD on Thursday night, Um, probably with a chance to win the series, assuming they split, um, you know, or or sweep the series, but certainly have a chance to win the series. So um, big start, and it's against a shitty team, so there's no excuses. Uh, And I assume he gets Leon behind the plate. He gets his binky. And so uh, that's the one I'm going to be most focused on moving forward. But, uh, you know, I I like the way this thing matches up. I like Kashner um, to pitch well in his debut. I think Erod's been good. He's obviously prepared coming out of the All-Star break against that Dodgers series or Dodgers team. So I do expect them to win Wednesday. uh, Less less, – convinced they'll win tomorrow but do think they'll win and i think sale will be a very interesting start thursday one o'clock game in the middle of the week which just pisses me off by the way
0: i'll be able to see the first two hours of it but uh but liz jeremy just said like cashner and you know two words back to back so i think he's coming around on him uh (laughs) all right well hold on i (laughs) i
1: like cashner at the price tag
0: yeah for
1: nothing I mean look I'm not a cashner guy um, but at the end of the day if you're going to get him for what amounts to almost potentially nothing like fine we'll take him I mean he's a serviceable fifth starter but the problem I had with it was that he doesn't move the needle as far as Chris sales your fifth starter I mean that's what it's price Erod Porcello sale and then you didn't have a fifth starter, and I was hoping that they went and got a guy like Wheeler or Strowman who could become your three. But they didn't. They went and got a fifth starter, which is fine, especially at that price tag. It is. It's fine. I don't hate the deal. I just I wasn't a huge fan of the player. And if they gave up like Chatham to go and get Kashner, I would be furious right now. But they didn't. So I, I credit them for the for the price tag. I do. I, I have no problem with the deal. So and I hope it works out. I mean, the guy is good. You know, he's not a bad player. He's having a career year. He's 9-3 and with a 3.83 ERA. He's not going to strike anybody out. He's got 66 strikeouts. He, he just isn't going to do it. Um, for example, Chris Sale on the flip side, who's been absolutely terrible, has 160 strikeouts. So it's just not even close. And Cashner's pitched, uh, you know, about to round up a little bit, hundred innings. So he's just not a strikeout guy. But, you know, I don't hate the player, especially Sit- at the price tag.
0: Sale has had a lot of issues against the Blue Jays this year, giving up five runs and two out of those three starts and, uh, only three in the other, but, um, so, uh, who knows? I mean, if he actually has a good start here, maybe, maybe, you know, things start to go the other way, you know? And of course you're, you're really a few starts from, you know, getting comfortable with something like that. I know Rodriguez, I don't know if it was his last start, but he also did get tagged for six runs in a recent start against the Blue Jays. So I'm definitely not taking anything for granted. And they did put up uh, eight against us tonight. And I looked at the box score uh brazier was uh charged with three earned runs i think he gave up four three of them were earned so frustrating there because he kind of shows a little bit of life lately and and uh but it just seems like every third or fourth start out he uh he gets knocked around pretty good so you know the the bullpen. And say what
1: you want about the blue jays they suck but they play hard and they don't give up
0: right exactly so it's hard to take anything for granted here and this is a series where you you obviously you want to rack up as many wins as possible i mean that i guess that could be said for any series but you know it, it should be a given with a team like this we have baltimore next the yankees schedule gets pretty tough here and um still an extreme long shot to catch them, but if they do start to sputter, it'll be interesting to see what their trade deadline moves are. And I, when I was on uh, MLB Trade Rumors a second ago, Cashman says no prospect is untouchable. So... You know so Every game is big here for the Red Sox And how we do Other teams are going to react You know the Rays certainly Probably have one eye on us Because there's wild card implications And I don't think the Yankees Have really taken it to the bank yet So um, you know If Sale can turn around that would be great Hopefully Rodriguez Will um, You know have a strong outing I do have his yeah, so that that six run start was the last time he faced them, and that was actually the only time he's faced the Blue Jays. So I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this team, but we should. I mean, win.
2: speaking of the speaking of the Yankees, I mean they've been tied to a lot of different uh, you know rumors, and then looking at another another starter, like worst case scenario, who do you want to see them get the least? I don't think I asked you guys that. Um,
0: there's Last show. three impact guys Scherzer, who's not going anywhere. The Nationals are back, I think, in a wild card spot, maybe even the top wild card spot. And I doubt the Mets are going to deal Noah Syndergaard. I mean, that's almost like a Red Sox Yankees type transaction. You know, those two New York teams, they don't like each other. So I think the Yankees just aren't going to get them because of the rivalry. So Maybe Trevor Bauer. I don't know. And it, the, what the Indians are going to do is open to interpretation too because they're still within reach of their division. <laughs> and it would be tough to – trading Bauer would be tough to for them to sell to their fan base that that's a good move, even though I did kind of underscore – they still have Bieber they're about to have Kluber Clevenger is pitching really well they expect to get Carrasco back which is crazy because I guess he's fighting leukemia and that Adam Plutko guy is you know serviceable so so I don't know I mean Bauer is is the top guy that's that's possible or actually just comes to mind the uh the Astros are connected to Robbie Ray but maybe the Yankees get into a bidding war you know with the Astros for Ray especially where they're saying they're um that no prospect is untouchable so i i don't know it's it's going to be an exciting you know next couple of weeks and it is it's the first year in the history of baseball or in the modern era where there is only one trade deadline so That's gonna ramp up the anxiety and and You know maybe set off a, a really exciting chain of events
1: I Mean yeah, it's gonna be an interesting three weeks here or two weeks two and a half weeks whatever it is I mean a lot could change you lose five games in a row. Uh, you know the Red Sox could trade Mookie bets. Yeah, you know and- you go off and and rip off eight to of ten. Maybe they do use one of the the Chatham Dollback, uh, Grimm assets and go try to get you know get better somewhere. I don't know. You don't. You just don't know.
0: And that that's- I mean, they made
1: a move early, so they they've they've committed to this season on some level with the track, the cashner deal. Now that doesn't mean that if they, again, lose five in a row that they couldn't become sellers
0: and they could just as well flip him. If the bottom falls out from oh hundred 100-
1: percent, Yeah, hundred percent.
0: And th- that's, uh, you know, f- interesting as well, because if the Red Sox do trade, it's probably going to be a July 31st decision, like, you know, or maybe on the 30th even, but, within the last 36 hours of the trade deadline, maybe a sudden move, a decision gets made to, okay, let's dangle some of these guys. So it just adds more to the excitement. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. But any final thoughts before we wrap? We'll have a short turnaround and then be back Wednesday. Was there Thursday? Yeah. Oh Thursday, my bad. Four games. Yeah, set. we got a my four bad. game set here, okay. Terry. Pay
1: attention. I, <laughs> I know. I know you selfishly went to the Red Sox game and you know, left us hanging. And but uh, this is a four game set we're in. So
0: I slept in a. Box see, you see, box, top, he, he
1: big times us. He sits behind home plate. Now he can't even remember how many games we're playing in the series. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, I, I get no excitement from anything but the Red Sox getting back in this and making uh, the rest of the summer and, and early fall fun. So I, every single game is hugely important now. It's crunch time. They got to win games. They got to beat the shitty teams because they can't beat the good teams. They got to win the series. They got to go three and four, uh, which I expect them to do or sweep. And then they just got to roll. They got to start beating. And then and then when they get Deeper into the seat, into the schedule, they got to start beating the Yankees, the Rays. Uh, I'm sorry, the Double Rays. I misspoke there. Um, and they just, they, I mean, look, it's it, we've said it a hundred different times, but now it's real. You lose five in a row, you're sellers. So we, it's we time you got to start winning games. And they're they're and they're making the tougher decisions. Cutting a guy like Nunez is not easy. he's, he's been here. He's part of a World Series team. The, the clubhouse loves the guy. I, I think the organization has sent the message. It's fucking time, guys. Let's go. So that, I mean, you got to win the series. You got to do
0: it. Got to win it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back Thursday. As it turns out, not uh, that quick of a turnaround, and uh, hopefully it's a happy. Terry, you
1: you got you got uh, you got uh, behind home plate seats again for Thursday. Should we just push this thing back to Friday? <laughs> How do you want to handle that?
0: That was fun. Let let me tell you, the interesting thing about it, I I don't know where you guys have sat if you've been that close, even at a given ballpark, but the Dodgers Mm -hmm. on deck circle was right in front of me, and the heckling is like next level, and I wasn't prepared for that. And there was one guy right behind me. He was, for whatever reason, Max Muncy was his guy, and Muncy has these big ears, And uh, I'm not saying I condone what this guy said, so disclaimer. But he was like, he was like, Muncie, you look like a fucking elf. And he just kept trying to get him to react, but Muncie had a, a good game face. Jock Peterson, not so much, but. He was kinda of getting a little bit of love because he you know, he did so well in the Derby. But then Muncie comes back up again and I I haven't laughed so hard recently, but he's in the on deck circle and then up on the big screen is this dude proposing to his girlfriend. And as that's going on, the same dude heckling Muncie goes, he goes, Muncie, she would have said no to you <laughs> and it was just <laughs> just one after another and cool. I I just I I probably would have enjoyed the Red Sox side better but uh we were on the third base side and um
1: uh... I sat I sat the row behind you a number of years ago in the Coco uh James Shields brawl.
0: Oh nice. Well, that was a good one. And the
1: ball the ball hit Coco and came right to us and I I was following the ball like I tracked it all the way as until I I lost it as it hit the the backstop. And by the time I looked up, he was already at the mound. Um, so that was kind of my – and I was literally the, the two seats behind you with my father for that game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you, you, you know, sitting close is always cool. And, and for to see the uh, pitcher-catcher exchange and the velocity of the baseball is always really cool. So uh, happy for you. wish you'd come back down to earth to us commoners. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) focus on the important things like this fucking podcast you started.
0: Well, actually, (laughs) if it makes you feel better, I got back at 3.45 a.m. And I have to be to work a little before 5.30. So I decided Saturday I'm throwing an air mattress in the back of the box truck that I drive to transport the mail in. And uh, so I slept in that. And then because it would have been a 90-minute commute home and then I'd have to be back – five or six hours later, I just camped out in the back again and uh, I managed to sleep until about 1pm and uh, finally the heat the way the sun was finally onto the truck um, you know, I, I got up and kind of just tinkered around on Twitter, but um, there was some you know, I, I didn't have the comfort of a bed though, Jeremy I guess is what I'm uh, getting at so it was an interesting 24 hours you, Terry, know.
1: you, you, you potentially being miserable and uncomfortable <laughs> makes it a little easier.
0: Okay, that's, I, will admit I that. wanted you to feel better and uh, yes, thank, but, but thank that you also it. underscores the passion for the game and whatnot. and uh, it did, of course, it, it did bother me a little to not have a show on time, just for the record for the listeners, but uh, yeah, I' no, no more no more tomfoolery for the rest of the year. Uh, show's on schedule. I'll be in this seat anyway, uh, you know, when I'm supposed to be.
1: No, 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 I believe you, you know. If you want to go back to Ireland for 10 days, you know, you want to go see another game, sit in the first row, whatever you need, Terry. Okay. You just let us know. We'll be here for you, bud.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: uh, on that... Terry, I'm glad you enjoyed your time, man. That's really cool. And the guy that you went with, I seems like a really cool guy. I, I actually started following him on Facebook. And for those that... His name's John. What Terry? What's his last Uh, name?
0: His last name is pronounced Dealer, but it's spelled D E H L E R, and he's just a huge Red Sox. What's that?
1: Yeah, guys, follow the listeners that are still listening. Follow this guy on Facebook. He gives tickets away for free. He's a a very um, humble, as far as I can tell, well-off dude. But he loves the Red Sox. He loves baseball, and he he gave away tickets uh, to the Blue Jays series tonight on Facebook. I mean, I'm not in New England, so it wasn't worth my time, but he's literally just giving tickets away. They're good tickets. Uh, he's a huge fan, and and if you give him a follow on Facebook, you may be able to get in the running for some of these tickets he gives away. So, yeah. Anyways, look, hey, good podcast, everyone, Liz. Um, uh, good luck. Keep uh, following your three favorite teams, and uh, we'll <laughs> see you in a week. Otherwise, uh, go Sox. <laughs>
2: Go Rays. We need them to beat the Yankees. You guys need them to beat the Yankees just as much as I need them to beat the Yankees.
1: Again, she said we with the Red Sox. Liz, you're not going to fool me. You're not going to fool me. You're a Red Sox fan. I love it.
2: You're not going to be happy until I have a Red Sox jersey hanging in my closet, are you?
1: Red Sox jersey hanging in your closet. Don't lie to me, Liz, please. Anyway, go Sox Nation. Liz, I know you mean, not- so uh, go Sox to you too, and uh, we'll see everyone in a couple days.
0: <laughs> have a good night, guys have a good night. Episode 1 51 in the books. Again, I apologize. We will be on schedule for the rest of the season and hopefully October. I'm I, but I'm getting more uncomfortable talking about October as we go. It's just Ugh, just, uh just been a very frustrating year. And uh, hopefully uh, the Red Sox can take at least three out of four, if not sweep the series. Tomorrow night, Andrew Kashner. So hopefully he does not make me look like an ass for saying all these nice things about him in support of a trade which ended up taking place on Saturday. So... Uh, I'll be watching that start very intently tomorrow, and we will see you guys all on Thursday evening. So enjoy uh, the rest of your week, and if you're lucky enough to be on vacation, uh, enjoy it all that much more. Take care. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Playing it a line drive left field. Benny, coming on, dives, and then he makes the catch. He did. It. He got it.
1: There we go. It's time to party right here. Three two. High
0: He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Two three Frank Liano.
1: The Red Sox have won the World Championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast.